Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LayeredSuperfood.com and add nourishing, plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code DRD at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. At Kroger, shopping with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, deals, and rewards on the same high-quality items. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or roll to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on a laptop watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show let them know we got a point of view Hey yo let's have a combo say what you feel be real that's the motto real talk pronto Dr. D PhD hit the intro Hold up wait gotta be social network global home for the locals Gotta be social network global home for the locals back and uh i remember that episode weed mom we talked about with your book yeah wonderful so thank you for coming back really appreciate it thanks for having me i love to chat about cannabis as you know yeah and uh, (laughs) a lot of people i know talking about cannabis uh i feel like my consumption habits have definitely increased (laughs) since uh, we talked yeah but where are you at with your book just to get an update and everything and how's life been for you with you know talking about your book and different appearances and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been busy, you know, life has really picked up. Um, it's been fun, interesting, kind of a whirlwind. Yeah. I do get invited to speak and go on podcasts and I've gotten to travel a little bit for the, for cannabis uh, this last year or so since travels opened up a bit more. Um, I'm actually leading a tour, hopefully, <laughs> As long as we get enough people signed up, we're getting close to the wire. But uh, at the end of this month, I'm leading a, a Columbia cannabis tour. Really, really excited wow. for that. Yeah. Crazy. So what happens on this tour? Like, So we're, we're staying at a private finca, like a, you know, a country estate, basically, that's in this gorgeous, like really g- emerald green um, environment, you know, tropical fruits, really, really good food. We're going to tour a cannabis farm there. It's decriminalized. There's a medical market. There are commercial growth. So we're going to do that, um, you know, tour a cannabis farm, get tastings, get, you know, lots of info about cultivation and, you know, terroir of the cannabis and all that yeah. cool stuff. Um, we're also going to um, tour some coffee farms, coffee plantations, and do tastings there, do some cultural activities, some private yoga, massage. It's it's really going to be like a, a self-care extravaganza. I mean, it sounds really nice. I mean, how high will you be on this trip? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all the, all the canvas you can smoke is included. So uh, yeah, or eat. (laughs) Or eat. Yeah. I'm definitely more of an eater, but yeah, it sounds really interesting. So you talk about speaking, like what are the topics you're speaking on related to cannabis these days? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of the cannabis and parenting angle that people want me mm-hmm. want to talk to me about, honestly. Um, so it's like, you know, cannabis and parenting as a whole, um, how to talk to kids about cannabis, um, ways to navigate this new marketplace, um, just education in general. And I think that people are still looking for that, like, you know, stamp of approval. Like, it's okay if you're a parent, especially a mom, you know. Yeah. And uh, and you consume. So we're still having a lot of these just sort of destigmatizing conversations and and also, you know, how to in, in in broad terms, because, of course, everyone is different. As you know, you know, your milligram, your, your, your yeah. you know, sweet spot for edibles is going to be very different from the next person. And, you know, same with all the other modes of consumption. So, you know, education and getting people to really understand their own system is a lot of what I do. What's um some of the, I mean, maybe this is the wrong word, what's some of the reprogramming for 
what people think about cannabis and parenting or just some of the myths or misconceptions they've had going into it, chatting with you? Yeah, well, it, there's a lot of misinformation. I mean, for basically 100 years of prohibition, there was a concerted misinformation campaign, right? <laughs> um, and so people still believe that, you know, first of all, it's irresponsible for, for parents that like there's really only way, one way to consume cannabis and you just get high and then you you can't parent. And that's absolutely <laughs> not the case, <laughs> uh, right? They, they, they yeah. imagine like, you know, if you're going to compare it to alcohol, they think that, you know, anyone who who's, who engages with cannabis is going to be like drunk, like they just had a bottle yeah. of Everclear or something. They're going to be that Oof. high. Whereas, right? I mean, it's there's such a spectrum. And that's a big message that I have is like, there are even non-psychoactive or, you know, very, very subtly psychoactive ways to consume. And then, you know, all the way to the other side of the spectrum to very, very high consumption, right? Yeah. And so finding your sweet spot, and especially as a parent, getting to know your body, your response to cannabinoids is really important because, you know, we want to be safe. We want to be able to respond to, you know, situations as needed, of course. But I, you know, I have utter faith and confidence that we can do that as cannabis parents, just, you yeah. know, with a little bit of education and the right, right products. So how do you, I, it, now, now I'm thinking about this question that maybe you get this question is, you know. Uh, parents may drink around their children or things of that nature. And it feels like, uh, whatever. But then the same parents who may um, ingest cannabis or smoke it feel like they can't say anything that they're doing this. Like there's like these two different rules. How do you sort that out with people? Yeah. You know, I mean, the stigma is just so strong and it being illegal for so long and still yeah. remaining illegal in so many places definitely contributes to that. And people feeling like, you know, their jobs could be at stake or even like their, you know, parental custody, things like that, you know, depends on where you live, depends on, you know, yeah. lots of things. So it's, it's, it's tricky, but I mean, generally speaking, I stand up for, um, normalizing, not this doesn't mean normalizing use for young people, but just mm -hmm. normalizing that it's for adults and it's here, it's around. These are, these are th the things you need to know about it. Just like, you know, if someone wanted to responsibly educate their kids about alcohol, if they right. drink alcohol in their home, you know, they would make it clear that this is an adult beverage, right? This is not for yeah. kids and why and how, you know, could make a kid feel um, if they were to have it. So, you know, it's, it's, it is tricky. It really, you know, we're in this situation where just state by state, almost community by community, yeah. people are in different situations regarding this. But I do think if it's, if it's safe for you, you should educate, you know, especially if you're a consumer yourself, it's, you know, it's, we need to change this narrative. Most definitely. So, I mean, obviously over these past couple of years, since we chatted, I'm sure you've gone deeper and deeper into this industry. What has gotten better about it and what has maybe been disappointing as you've dove deeper into it? Oh my gosh. Well, there's really a lot. Um, so access is improving, generally speaking. Um, more states are legalizing, whether it's for medical or for adult use, you know, and, and or everything at once, um, which happens once in a while. <laughs> um, and, you know, so, so then definitely there's more entrepreneurship. There are just more ways for people to access cannabis. Also, uh, and this is a really big subject in and of itself, but there's this proliferation of new cannabinoids that are not entirely regulated, right? That are, um, some of them come from the plant. Some of them are sort of synthesized from the yeah. plant and, and there isn't legislation around this yet. So access to those is also increasing. It's good and it's bad at the same time, <laughs> I think, because, yeah. you know, access is a good thing. I think think, you know, for, for cannabinoids that can actually help people help them, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even. Um, but there are a lot of like fly by night companies out there, a yeah. lot of shady products, untested, you know, not lab tested products. And so, you know, it, education is even more important now than it was before. Cause it used to be, it was just all the same, you know, basic substances that you're getting is Delta nine THC. Right. Now you have Delta 10, you have Delta eight, you have HHC, THCO, THCP. It's like, uh, there's so, so many. Um, and there's, so there's a lot, there's a lot to learn. Um, so I think that access is increasing. It's good. And it's bad at the same time. I think that, um, you know, entrepreneurship is still really, you know, it's a really rich area for entrepreneurship, lots of new companies, lots of new, you know, folks trying their hand at the business. Um, it can be tough. It can be a really tough market though. So, um, you know, some people are going to do well and others aren't. It's just, we're in that startup phase, you know? 
Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people that they're concerned um, a little bit with kind of how the cannabis industry is going. Um, and essentially, obviously, you know, there's still a lot of like, you, you have to have essentially a cash business, um, yeah. which is, you know, annoying, um, you know, not having a checking account and stuff. And there's dangers that people robbing stores because they know there's cash there and stuff like that for yeah. it. And I compare it to it's like, we're seeing this cannabis, the rise of cannabis and psychedelics, very similar. And psychedelics is looking at cannabis, like, how is this going? And what can we learn from how this is rolled out? Because when you have this state by state thing, it gets kind of weird. Uh, with it gets it, really weird. Right? I mean, what do you feel about yeah. that kind of the state by state adoption or non-adoption of cannabis, whether it's medical or, you know, recreational or, or all, you know? Well, you know, I think some some forward movement is better than none. So the fact that, you know, the only way I think we were getting there is for individual states to decide, right? You know, so Colorado yeah. and Washington and, you know, those early states definitely showed the way. California was medical, but that was in 96. Um, so, you know, I think that it has it had to happen that way just because our federal system is so... Um, clunky. <laughs> that's a nice way to say it. I mean, that's like <laughs> one of the most nice ways to say that. <laughs> I can use other words. There's but, many um, other words that are not so nice. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, so, so, so there's that, but then it does lead to this completely, you know, patchwork sort of situation where people have wildly different levels of access, wildly different, you know, consequences or lack thereof for, for consuming. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird place to be. And also, you know, social media is still very unfriendly to cannabis and, you know, so. In what yeah, ways? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? Um, well, sh cannabis accounts get deleted regularly, even accounts with like a hundred thousand followers just deleted out of nowhere. Sometimes you can appeal to get it back. Um, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you, if you write out the entire word cannabis, for instance, on Instagram flagged, mm. your, your account either could get deleted or you'll be shadow banned, which means that, you know, your account is, is there, but nobody can really find it. They don't, <laughs> you know, show it to anybody. The algorithm doesn't push out your content. Yeah. So yeah, there's so many restrictions. Um, you know, LinkedIn is a little bit more friendly to cannabis actually yeah. right now, interestingly enough. But in terms of like reaching kind of the can of curious or the cons you know consumers, Instagram is really the place where I've found the most folks, and it's just tough. You have to use code words, you have to use emojis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this? A speakeasy from the twenties or something? It's like, I you know, know. It's like, what's the passcode? Talk about what you're actually talking about. Yeah. <laughs> It's a whole thing, like a lot of industries, like whenever I do episodes uh, about sex work or just, you know, anything like that. I mean, YouTube just crushes me for it, man. They like give me a community strike. I'm like, I don't understand this. Like I see other um, sites that that's all they talk about is sex and they seem to be fine. Like I do one episode. What's it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, it's like. What are we protecting I here? I mean, kids are going to look at stuff anyways. It's not like you're going to, who are we protecting? I don't understand. Like, I mean, there's violence everywhere on online and stuff. And I know, and especially and, educational content that could actually yeah. be useful for people. Right? right. Yeah. It just seems like, how do you pick and choose what is appropriate or not? I didn't know that about cannabis. I thought that wasn't an issue, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I think it's because of the federal illegal status um, and the banking issues, the fact yeah. that a lot of banks take issue with, you know, cannabis commerce. Um, and also for Instagram specifically, because it's a, it's a platform geared to all ages or, you know, supposedly yeah. like, uh, even though that's very problematic for you. <laughs> it's definitely years, problematic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So do you ever do you foresee in the very near future legalization federally or is this like a fight that's just going to keep kind of being gridlocked? You know? you know, that is the question. And I I changed my mind a few times on it. I don't, I don't even know where I am right now. So earlier, um, well, actually, was it I think it was end of last year. I was right before the midterms. That, that's when it was. Biden announced, um, you probably saw it, there's, you know, the process of pardoning for federal offenses, um, nonviolent offenses, including um, cannabis. And 
um, he announced that they want to look at rescheduling or descheduling cannabis. Now, those two things could mean very different things. Descheduling would be a wonderful thing, I think, for the industry. Yeah. Rescheduling from schedule one, where it's currently at, to two, three, or four would actually give, I think, would give the pharmaceutical companies control, you know, purview over the cannabis industry. And it could really mess with, um, you know, the industry that's out there already and the entrepreneurs right. that have risked everything, you know? Um, so I, I think that there's, there's interest, there's movement, there are several bills still sitting in Congress, um, and even some Republican led ones. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Republican-led ones tend to be focused on commerce, and the Democrat-led ones tend to be focused on equity and figuring out how to possibly bring those together to get a bill passed. Like I, I'm optimistic it could happen in the next couple of years, but I think it's not the top priority for for most lawmakers, quite yeah. obviously. And you know we're dealing with so many issues in our country, so <laughs> I'm not optimistic that they're like, yeah, let's do this now. Yeah. Do you know what the weird thing is? Does anybody know what the top priority is anyways? <laughs> I'm just well, saying, yeah, I'm like, well, what is rest. that? I'm not even sure what that is. Like, can somebody convey this to me? <laughs> so like, it just sounds like a bunch of, uh, you know, squabbling about stuff, you know, and it's like that has nothing to do with actually helping people. <laughs> I mean, that's what always gets me. We're like, well, what is the priority? You know, because... You know, thing is like weed should not be some, you know, partisan thing, man. It's like, you know, how many people smoke weed or ingest edibles that you would never think do it. They're just hiding it, you know, it's like, <laughs> and anybody that's why I'm like, for me in my life, I just don't care anymore. Now, listen, I have flexibility because I have a job where I don't get tested. I own my own businesses. But then on that end, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to hide this. I'm be like, listen, in some ways, there's a responsibility of people who are doing well to talk about, you know, hey, listen, I'm fine. I'm doing fine. I'm successful. And I'm also, you know, responsibly ingesting this. Like, you yeah, think I'm, do you think I'm a loser? You know, like, seriously, that's, I like to like push people that push way and be people, like, you yeah. think I'm a loser? Because like, I seem to be doing just fine. Like, you need to change the narrative in your mind yeah. of who, you, this person isn't in a back alley. I'm not in an alley, like going, hey man, you got anything for me? It's like, <laughs> I'm in my house watching TV is lining up snacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Huh. I, I think you're totally right. Is the more people who, you know, are uh successful, you know, doing doing their work in the yeah. world, you know, healthy and happy, you know, for the most part. I mean, all of us are <laughs> not every single day that way, but yeah. you know, show, showing ourselves as just everyday people who are cannabis consumers, I think is really, really helpful for changing that narrative because for a long time, I think the the most visible cannabis consumers were, you know, sort of the um the the ones who didn't care, I guess, yes. if everybody knew. Yeah. Right. Right. It's kind of this whole reefer madness propaganda and oh you know you are doing this and you must like be not you're not motivated to do anything right i mean listen when i take an edible i really don't want to do anything but, but i'm like trying <laughs> not to do anything you know it's not like type of thing but i think you know the the user has been totally um misaligned like who does this and stuff and i think people have always known this it's just that marketing is powerful and pop culture marketing. I remember those commercials from way back in the day. You know, this, you know, all these different, this is your brain on drugs. Oh, the kid who's smoking weed and he's just, his life is a mess. It's like, man, like, how about tell both sides of the story? You know, that may not even be a true story you're talking about. It's like crazy. Right. And those, you know, those lies essentially, or, you know, one-sided information that yeah. was presented, you know, it, it it makes kids distrust the message, you know, yeah. distrust the D.A.R.E. program and yep. what, what parents say about drugs in general. And, you know, I mean, I have a 13 and a 10 year old now, so I, I know that I need to talk about these things and there's a lot more than cannabis out there. Yep. So I want to give them accurate information so that they trust, they trust me, you know, yeah. because- if you tell your kids, you know, you'll, you'll become a brain dead loser if you smoke weed once <laughs> and then they do one day and they realize that was, you know, total lie. Like what else, what else was I lied to about, you know? Yeah. And, but, and there are truly dangerous substances out there. So I want them to know, you know, the differences. I, 
for sure, like anything, it's the education, right? And it's not like you're showing up and you're just a horrible parent and you're just like going to a PTA meeting high off your ass. I and mean, it's like, no, I'm <laughs> like, but that's what the marketing wants you to believe that you just be pretty bad at most things in your life. And I, I believed that too, for a long time, way back mm-hmm. in the day, but I was just socialized into it and no one talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. And that's like a lot of things. If somebody doesn't tell you and gives you really good information, you just, you make up the void. Mm, or yeah. someone fills the void with other information that you just start going, yeah, that must be what it is, you know? Right, right. You just sort of take it in. And that, that, that was the dominant paradigm for a very long time. And, you know, when in reality, I know a lot of people who consume a lot of cannabis and are like very yeah. productive and are very motivated and are, you know, living, living <laughs> their best lives to use that term. <laughs> I know definitely a lot of people are consuming way more than I do. And they just, they're crushing it, man. I'll just like, and actually and funny, I think the more cannabis I've consumed in my life, the less I want to drink alcohol, you know, because you start realizing the difference mm-hmm. and you're like, mm, I just feel better on this, you know, like, and, and yeah. I, I think that's kind of a, an effect that a lot of alcohol drinkers don't think about. Cause I know a lot of people who just drink alcohol and they're like, you know, I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like the thing you're doing a lot, it's it's not, it's very hard on you. Like, it's very difficult. I think we're learning that even more. But I just think it's like, we just got to talk to each other about this. Is this is like, it's actually at a ridiculous stage right now, in my opinion. It's like, really? <laughs> like, why are we I fighting know. so hard against something? How about fighting against fentanyl? You know, like, there's some crazy stuff killing people like instantly. Like, how about that attention, you know? Yeah, I mean, or guns. <laughs> right, right. Oh, well, no, we don't care about that. Yeah, but weed, you know, you can't do Come on. Weed, <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh, you know, some kids might get hungry and want to watch a movie at home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the violence. Yeah, I mean, I literally don't want to move a finger. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. I definitely don't want to be violent. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I absolutely. It's like anyone pushing that narrative has never had an experience with cannabis. I don't think. No, no. I th- I think it's just uh, it's just part of this whole misinformation aspect, and it's just it's more dangerous than ever to fall into things that are not true. Yeah. With that, and then we have to be very diligent about what our kids are looking at, what we're looking at. And get the information. Now, do, do we know if there's more research on cannabis happening now? Um, I know, I would, you know, than there was in the past. Yeah, there is. And also there's more research looking for benefit instead of looking for harm, which is okay. what they were doing for so long, All right? right? <laughs> for the most part, you know, many of those studies were funded by, you know, by NIDA, you know, National mm. Institute you know, for Drug Abuse or, or um, you know, just organizations that were really motivated to find something wrong with it. Um, so yeah, there is absolutely more, more research going on, really interesting research in, you know, uh, in mental health, depression, anxiety, PTSD, in um, digestive issues, like mm-hmm. different cannabinoids have many different properties, you know, from antifungal to anti-cancer. Um, right. So yeah, I mean the 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 well established uses of cannabis, I think, are still being investigated to some degree, like you know nausea, epilepsy, muscle spasms, like. Yeah. But we know that in pain, like we know it works for those things. But there, are, like this whole, there's this whole other realm of mental health and um, digestive health, and also autoimmune disease that yeah. cannabis has good potential for. So yeah, there's there's interesting stuff coming out. It feels like uh, much like with psychedelics that kind of the door, the way in is always through um, like how this treats different diseases or, mm-hmm. you know, um, PTSD, um, depression, different things like that. But we don't spend enough and those are important. But what are your thoughts about spending time discussing like usage for people that are generally well, they're not suffering from these things like Michael Pollan talks about this in his book, like, you know, this kind of drug use or whatever use for well people. And it's almost like we push back on that. Well, you're, you seem to be okay. Why would you need this? You know? Yeah, I know. That is really interesting. Let me just turn off my, my fireplace really quick. No worries. No worries. Yeah. I'm about to roast in here. It's getting (laughs) hot in here. 
<laughs> it's getting on air. It's cold or it's hot in this office because it's yeah. like an add-on. Anyway, um, so th- I feel like that's where where I'm at, and that's where a lot of people that I talk to are at. Sort of wellness uses. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, I do use it for pain with migraines, and you know, I think that it helps me physically in in some ways. But I I don't have like a a chronic disease necessarily that yeah. I'm you know medicating for with cannabis. It's really about like yes, taking someone who's pretty hell and pretty well and healthy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know and and like lifting up a little bit right yeah. like sort of bringing that baseline up um and i think that a lot of people are consuming in that way do we see research on that not so much interestingly mm. there's it's more like you know you'll see some research on what do casual consumers or you know semi-regular consumers like what's their long-term lung effect or brain effect or things like that but not so much like how is this enhancing their lives yeah um it's more anecdotal in that regard i think is there do you think there's pushback for that that people are like well this needs to happen because something's happening to you that you need to deal with or what do you what's your thoughts about that why there's not more research about it well I mean, I think that we have hangups in our culture about pleasure. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sort of Calvinist, Puritan, you know, har- mm. life is about hard work and sacrifice and thrift and, and, you know, pleasure is suspect. I think that's, even though we're also a very consumption-oriented culture, I think mm. we have that, like, dual you know, dual view on it, this like paradoxical, like, yes, indulge and you treat yourself and you deserve yeah. it. But it's also like morally bad somehow, or like, mm. you know, you're, you don't have any self-control or things like that. So, you know, it's, it is hard for people to wrap their, their minds around something that's like, you already feel good and you just want to feel a little bit better. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions, even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. A little bit more relaxed or a little more in tune or open hearted. Um, however, these types of substances have been used all around the world for a very long time. You know, there's cannabis, there's, there's Kana. I don't know if you're familiar with Kana. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a plant from South, it's a succulent from South Africa that has, um, you know, stamina building and, you know, focus building and also more sort of like empathogenic qualities. I've, I've used it. It's actually really cool okay. and it's legal. It's available. Um, things like Kava and um, Tat and coca, not cocaine, but coca yeah. leaves, you know, many of these plants have been used by indigenous people all around the world for, again, you know, social lubrication, open heartedness and pathogenic uses. Um, it's just, I think our society is kind of sick when it comes yeah. to the way we see it. That, you know, that really resonated with, with me, the whole pleasure aspect. It's like, we're some ways anti-pleasure about it. It's like, well, you have to have something, a chronic issue, to make this okay. And I think a lot of people pursuing uh, making it legal kind of try to go through that pathway because that's what's more pleasing to people who make the decisions or um, Mm -hmm. to get larger things. But I think we should spend more time about people crave altered states of consciousness. They always have. This has been well-documented throughout the ages is that humans have a tremendous see a tremendous value in altered states of consciousness. Now there's different versions of that, but we've always had this inclination to change our reality here and there. And this is, I guess, a deeper question is, why do you think that is? Well, that's interesting. And, you know, Michael Pollan talks about that. Yes. I I love uh, reading his thoughts on that. So Altered states of consciousness, you know, from a spiritual perspective, I think that it helps us transcend a little bit, you know, it helps us connect to the greater mind, the greater consciousness, the greater heart, you know, however you see it, Um, you know, to see past these, like, like, see past our own nose, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and I think that having 
you know, either peak experiences, euphoric experiences, deep relaxation experiences, they all enhance our ability to just human, <laughs> to yeah. be a human, right? <laughs> to, to interact, to do what we need to do. Like we need novel experiences. We need, you know, pleasure. Absolutely. So for me, it's like creating a, a balanced organism, a balanced person means like, I, I want to explore the, the different states that my mind is capable of, um, you know, with health and well-being in mind. Yeah. I, I think also like people, sometimes you get stuck in this wheel and a lot of life can be very repetitive and it could feel very monotonous and it's kind of the concept of going somewhere else on a vacation and stuff. You break up the monotony or the kind of just, you know, the road you're wearing out all the time in life, yeah. you know, these roles you're playing on a regular basis, whether, yeah. you know, a, a partner, a spouse, a mother, a father, you know, a sister, brother, all these things, they're good things. They're wonderful things, but sometimes you just crave a different reality sometimes, even just for a little bit, a couple hours. And I think, Sometimes we're just too harsh on people for wanting to have that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, I understand, you know, the, I totally understand the impulse for altered consciousness and cannabis is, is the you know substance that I use the most for yeah. that. But I also, I alter my consciousness with yoga and with yeah, breath work exactly. and with meditation and with exercise. Like these are, these are things that we've deemed like, okay, or, you know, <laughs> morally upright. <laughs> <laughs> morally upright but, yeah <laughs> but it's just it's just another tool like you know if if you use only one thing exclusively like if, if cannabis was the only thing that i could do to change my mood or my my you know my perspective then i don't think that would be healthy yeah. but it's not it's it's one of a wide array of tools that i have that i think are really really helpful it's interesting you mentioned that especially with exercise and this my area of of work is I've always felt that, that exercise has been very meditative and mind altering for me. And essentially also because it, especially when you're doing something that requires a lot of attention with exercise, you start to filter out all these other things that you were thinking about and becomes a very singular altered experience mm -hmm. and your breathing, the breath, how your body feels, but we don't deem that to be the right type of, uh, or, you know, or that, or that's the right type of, uh, way to go about it. But these other things, you couldn't possibly be doing these things. You're like, I'm like, I don't understand what's the difference. Like, <laughs> right. And you know, you're creating endocannabinoids when you're right. exercising too. So yeah. it's like that the feeling is, is really very similar, but cannabis just sort of supplements us a little bit to a little higher, uh, huh, higher uh -huh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> level. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you're, you'll think of, you know, this, but I never thought about asking anybody this, but like, like what's the best experience you've had, uh, with cannabis, like, and, and your thoughts related to that? Well, so I've had so many insights and, you know, creative inspirations yeah. with cannabis. I think, um, that's my favorite way to consume it is actually when I'm sort of turning over a question in my mm. mind or like working on a piece of writing where I'm like, I'm not exactly sure what, the, you know, what the next point is, you know, when, when, when I have something to mull over, consuming a little bit of cannabis, going on a walk, you know, ideally in nature, but it really could just be in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I've gotten so much good inspiration and I, you know, I have my, my phone with me and I'll just take voice, voice memos at that yeah. point and, you know, go back and mind those later. So the, I think like everyday experiences, it's that, but I will say that I've had deep healing experiences with cannabis too. Mm. I've had basically psychedelic experiences where, yeah. um, yeah, where I felt, um, and, and then it was like a visualization that was part of it, not hallucination. My eyes were closed, but I could like see in my mind's eye, I was lying down and I could see sort of these like layers of trauma leaving my body yeah. like wisps of smoke almost just sort of right you know coming up from from my physical body and drifting away and you know joining the energy of the universe so it can yeah. do no harm you know basically right right so um you know and and I and I felt that like on a really deep level and 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 much more whole afterwards so just like psychedelics cannabis can go deep yeah i think so too especially like uh, for me with edibles has a similar experience depending on 
you know, when I've done it, the state I'm in for that. I had one particular one where I was like, I was like outside of myself. This is with edibles. And, uh, and I was like, okay with it. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know who that person is sitting there. Like, it's me, you know? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not sure who that is. Like, I am outside of this person. But then like, I started coming back, oh, that's me, you know? And it was, it's actually, I, I accepted the fact that I felt disconnected from myself in a good way that I was able to observe myself outside of me, not being me. And to have that perspective, like to look at this person that way, because it's very difficult to look past your nose mm -hmm. and to like, it's very difficult to like really take an honest look at yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people run away from themselves. They don't want to face, reflect upon who they actually are, how they exist in the world. It's like, mm, let me just do something else, you know? And I felt that's part of the experience is like really reflecting on who you are going deep into that. I, I agree. And Michael Pollan has this interesting thought that you've probably heard about how like this, the, the substances that help us do that the most are the ones that are the most maligned, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the ones that help us self-reflect and are not about just sort of like, you know, numb the feelings or fuel up and get it done. Yeah. So caffeine, alcohol, <laughs> you know, benzos, like those are all yeah. about either get it done or numb the F out. Yeah. Right, right. right. <laughs> instead of, um, you know, like cannabis and many of these psychedelics, again, like you, you can use them unmindfully too, and of you course. can just use them to tune out, but, but really like these substances, I think help us tune in at a greater level, self-reflect in a greater level. And yeah. they're the ones that have been made illegal. Crazy, right? You think the thing that's really good for you is what people push hardest against. Uh, I mean, what, what is that? What do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably wrapped up in our systems, you yeah. know, in capitalism and and patriarchy and um, you know, and racism and yeah. colonialism, like all of that stuff. I think it's I think you know, this sus, sus, being suspect of self-reflection, being suspect of uh, you know, someone who doesn't want to just tune out everything and, and, and work hard, you know, yeah. be that cog in the wheel, you know, I think those things are kind of threatening to the system. The system, I think, fears nonconformity in yeah. a general. It's like, hey, you're being awakened to understanding yourself better. And then when you understand yourself better, you see things around you differently. And then you go, hmm, I'm going to choose a different pathway that's not part of the system. And I right. think the general hierarchy of the system does not like that they want conformity for that they want good little workers <clears throat> you know like fall in line and i think that was a big part of the banning of that movement in the 60s 70s and stuff is like all these people are awakening to a different reality of america and living and that was not a thing you know, especially that time coming out of the 50s. <laughs> yeah. And I think now like the gate is exploding open. You almost can't stop it at this point. But yeah. there's people who are still like it almost feels foolish to try to stop it for a lot. But it's still like some resistance. But I think the more you awaken people, the more they realize their purpose, their humanity, they, they realize what it is to be a human being. And all, it's just like we try to stop forward human thought in that way. It's the strangest thing. Don't you want people to be well? Right. Right. <laughs> this exactly. resistance against wellness, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm, I don't know that there's like any, any group like directing that per se, but these yeah. systems are so self-perpetuating, you know, there's, they, they really just recreate themselves generation after generation. Yeah. And, and yes, I think right now we're in a, we're in a big moment of waking up. And a lot of yeah. folks are saying, okay, maybe, maybe the life that was laid out for me is like the way to be successful or the way to be happy is not what I want yeah. or not the way for me. So yeah, I, I agree with you. We're, we're in a very interesting moment in terms of consciousness. Consciousness. Exactly. And I mean, I have more friends now who are single or who don't ever want to get married mm -hmm. or, you know, they maybe just want to have one kid or no kids. Like they're trying to alter the system. Like, they're like, well, I don't have to do this. And I also can do this. That's a good thing, too. But 
I want to have more choices. And I think when a person is more awake, they realize the choices they have in life and they're not just stuck and whatever they're supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah, I agree very much. Um, and again, like mindfully consumed, like with, with the intention of greater self-discovery, cannabis does a lot in that regard. It really can, it really can fuel that, um, that self-discovery that help gets us on our own path. Now, when you're speaking about this, do you ever run into resistance? Like someone actually comes up and tells you, or maybe online, like, Hey, I don't know about this, what you're talking about. Like, why are you talking about this? Yeah. You know, online it's the internet. Well, so there know. are trolls yeah, <laughs> and there are people who don't understand it all. And I've been called names, you know, yeah. like drug addicts, like, wow. Really? Okay. Well, you're like, I didn't know that. I didn't... <laughs> and that was somebody who, you know, didn't know me personally in any way, like saw probably one piece of content and was like, yeah. you know, totally reactive, but you know, but for the most part, I actually don't get a lot of negativity. And I think that part of that is that I, you know, I lead with education and the why, right? Like this is how it's really helpful for me. I also talk a lot about well-being and wellness and yeah. yoga and meditation and tools that, you know, that that I use and other plant medicines, not psychedelics. I mean, I do talk about psychedelics too, yeah. but I also talk about, you know, the herbs that I grow and the herbs yeah. that I take as supplements and things like that. Um, so there's that. And, you know, I, I'm not like my, my, my brand, I guess, isn't blowing smoke clouds at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's out there. That I'm so sure true. it is. Yeah. I have not oh, seen yeah. that. I'm, but I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that content. And so, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't attract as much of the, the, hate, the hate because of that. But, you know, my account has been deleted three different times um, on, on Instagram. And I don't know if, the, and I've gotten it back each time, but I don't yeah. know if it's the algorithm finding cannabis content mm. and flagging me or if it's an individual who is reporting mm. my account because that can happen too. That's true. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if those <laughs> accounts of people are just blowing smoke if they get uh, <laughs> suspended too. It's like, I mean. Some do and some don't. It's just like, if there seems to be no rhyme or reason, like you said. Ah, oh, man. What's the future content you want to talk about related to cannabis or what do you think, what are you mulling over? Like, how do you want to keep extending this in your discussions? Yeah. You know, so I was asked on a, uh, an Orlando uh, ABC affiliate, like uh, a month or two ago um, to talk about cannamoms and and yeah. the whole movement. And I, I just, I think that that particular message still needs to get out there. Mm. Mom, it's okay for moms to responsibly consume cannabis. I think that, you know, that message still is not really known. Um, but, you know, aside from that and breaking down the stigmas, I want to help, I want to keep educating people about all these alternative cannabinoids out there, because there's just, like I said, a lot that uh, is new to the market, new to people's bodies even. Yeah. And, you know, and so, and so I want people to, to, be aware enough to responsibly consume there. Um, and then of course, advocacy. I just, I want, yeah. you know, anybody who is still in prison for, for nonviolent cannabis offenses to be released, you know, so Biden's announcement was on the federal level, but most cannabis prisoners are state prison, you know, in yeah. state prisons. Um, so that needs to happen. Expungement for those who, you know, who are out, but, you know, still are suffering all the consequences of having been incarcerated, things like that. Um, and, you know, I want, I want, I want the industry to offer an opportunity for small businesses and small entrepreneurs to actually make it. I don't want just the big players yeah. to, you know, to, to dominate. That is such a common uh, thing. Even like when all the psychedelic folks I talk to, they have the same exact thing. They don't want all the big players, yeah. pharmaceutical companies to take over this industry uh, just like things have always been, you know, we want to have better access and more opportunities for smaller businesses and things of that nature. And there's a real fear there of mm -hmm. that, you know? Uh, so I think it's, it's a wild time, honestly, because, you know, every time there's an election or something, there's always cannabis on someone's ballot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, actually I think what was the last one? I think it actually didn't go through. It was, I remember, I can't remember what state it was. Um, so um, in, in the midterms, Maryland and Missouri went through. Yeah. Otis didn't. 
and um there was another big one that failed yeah and now i can't remember because yeah i mean these bills are just like popping up constantly because yeah. sometimes they're doing it by voting by you right. know, the voters and sometimes legislation legislators are doing it you know in 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 their sessions so yeah I, I delaware just just came online too and of course new mm. york is the big yeah. one um that was over a year ago but there's right. they're they're starting up sales now what do you think i mean what what has to be the tipping point for federal like decriminalization or just making it legal does it have to be a certain amount of states you think or is like what do you think that tipping point will be well if it's a certain amount of states i feel like we should be there should be there right close, i mean it's right? a lot already actually come on it's a lot. It's um, it's around you know around twenty two. Like the numbers always changing depends yeah. on sometimes things get caught up in led in uh, in the in the courts as well. Yeah. But it's around twenty two for adult use, and it's like thirty eight for for medical. Yeah. And some of those medical programs are very expansive. Um, some of them are more restrictive. It just depends. I'm actually going yeah. to Oklahoma next month for a Canamom event. And wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It can't it's be medical... any weed legally there, is there? I mean. <laughs> Oh no, there is. There's a medical, it's oh. a medical only state, but okay. it's like, you can get a card for a lot of things. And so it's yeah, really, it's probably, yeah, yeah, it's very easy. It's almost <laughs> been described as the wild west of weed because there's just like, there was no cap on the number of licenses and people yeah. just like flocked to Oklahoma to open up weed businesses. <laughs> right. That's and you'd funny. never think it, right? <laughs> no, I would never guess that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow. I know, I know. That's amazing. It, I feel like it's, it's close to a tipping point. You know, it, I think it has to be, I mean, maybe a couple surprise States get in there or something at some point, you know, uh, because it feels like it's not one side or the other. Like you have States that you would think, Oh, this would never be recreational. And it is. And then you're like, wow, that's interesting. You know, and then you have your typical, we knew it, you know, type of thing. I yeah. think it just feels like every cycle proves that this is kind of a losing battle for people against it. Mm -hmm. It's like, what would you say we're doing here? <laughs> you know, spend our time on other stuff. You know, that's that's my main thing. When you said, what's the, the priority? I'm like, yeah, but what is the priority? Like, to me, it's a priority, but it's like to spend so much time being against weed feels foolish to me. It's like, how about our healthcare system? You want to fix that? Like, can we spend more time on that? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. Our guns, and, you know, you know, common sense gun law. Can we spend some time on that? <laughs> like, please, I know. Please. Like, <laughs> why do we need to care about weed so much? <laughs> yeah. And even in places where it's legal, it depends, obviously, state by state. But there are some places where it's legalized. But, you know, the joke is they treat it like plutonium, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, any excess trim, any like, yeah. you know, bit of flour has to be like weighed and accounted for. And, you know, it's really, really extremely regulated in some places. And then in others, it's not. It's it's just such a wild moment. Yeah. I mean, it's not the nuclear codes here. I mean, we're, I mean, it's just like literally just. You know. Yeah. And look who we gave those to. <laughs> OK, I know how you feel about this. I see. <laughs> I know. Well, see, this is the thing. It's like then our reputation and the whole thing, how we're viewed. It's just kind of like I think we just have to be more careful about how we go into things in the United States. And that includes all different areas. We need to have, we kind of stop having this casual integrity. I feel like we have a lot of casual integrity in America. Like it's almost kind of like, it's like, there's not a lot of lines in the sand. It's like, mm, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, societies that don't value wellness, that don't value some level of regulation or um, guardrails around thing tend to become very lazy and get destroyed by other places that outwork them and care about their citizens. We're on the cusp of that over time. Mm. Like we're a little too leisure, in my opinion, on things. And you got to have a line in the sand on integrity on things. And we got to put away things that are just foolish, mm. that people have these old ideas and be like, it's okay to hang on to things that are valuable from the past, but not things that are clearly the information has changed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, and I think we, some, we just, the problem is, is the, in my opinion, is that a lot of the minority loudmouths are the majority leaders mm -hmm. in our country. But a lot of the America has a very similar mindset. It's just, they're not running the country. 
you know, or they're not, they don't have power. So I feel like we have to have a better, we have to have like a, we had to have a come to Jesus meeting about this stuff, man. <laughs> like we need to have better people. And I would say this in my business is like, we have bad messengers and bad messages. Mm. And we need to, we need to take hold of that message and have better messengers of, of exercise, health and wellness. And, uh, you know, okay. I went on a rant about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's important and it's it's part of, you know, from your worldview. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, the funny thing is like, I kind of get an idea about your worldview from some of the things, your nuggets you've dropped. And, uh, but most of the people I talk to, I don't know. And they feel very similar. It's not like I've colluded with them and go, yeah, you know what? We agree about the same thing. I have no clue when I talk to them, but they feel very similar. Like, and so I just think it's a definitely a minority narrative that has a majority megaphone for Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. that. And hopefully we as a country, like, don't want that at some point, you know? Yeah, I I agree. Like when we're fed up with the, you know, the divisiveness and the sort of lack of progress on on important things, like, and we are such a big country, like that is part of the the issue is like, you know, the vast differences in experience and, and, you know, I mean, the the urban rural divide is is big and, you know, there's just, yeah, it's, it's so complex, but I I agree with you that extremists tend to somehow become the leaders. <laughs> I know because because really solid, really well-meaning people, they they see those jobs as like, this is crazy. Like, why would I want to participate in something like this? Also, it's it's not um, conducive for most people because of the, mon- the monetary aspect of it is so overwhelming. The fundraising is very much geared towards uh, people with lots of money already. And so it kind of cancels out most people who don't, already have a lot of funds but another thing like who in their right mind wants to deal with all that all the on a regular basis like to be miserable yeah. and deal with people yelling and shouting and all the you know conflict <laughs> all the time who wants conflict all the time in their life like i know i know i I, I certainly don't i mean i i, I want to stand up for that and i do stand up for the things that i believe in and sometimes right. i gotta take step back steps back to you know be right. well most definitely well, Danielle, I, I always enjoy speaking with you. You have a great way of looking at things. So um, please tell everyone how they could connect with your book and all the experiences you have going on. Yeah. Um, so my website is DanielleSimoneBrand.com and you can find some of my writing as well as links to my book and just various projects I'm working on. And um, at Danielle Simone Brand on Instagram as well. And if this is going to come out on the next several days people can still fuck the columbia tour as well um really really looking forward to sharing that and it's coming up really soon at the end of this month perfect it's coming out next week early next week so um <laughs> and i like to keep it relevant you know and nice and timely for people so thank you so much for your time danielle and enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much dr d i love talking to you too and um yeah hope to do it again soon you got it At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations, which is why we're dedicated to doing up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies, checking for things like scarring. In fact, only the best produce, like zesty oranges and crisp carrots, reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.